so welcome. I'm here with uh, Alexander Beiner of Rebel Wisdom uh, in the basement of the, the co-working space that Rebel Wisdom work at in, uh, in Hackney in, in East London, just by London Fields. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, so we just had a bit of a chat about the, the flow of the conversation and uh, the agreed starting point was to invite you to say a little bit about who you are, your background, and then coming up to the point that you got involved with Rebel Wisdom. So please take it away. Yeah, great. So there's, there's some nice kind of crossovers here between how we know each other as well. Um, so I, um, I originally met David, um, who's founder of Rebel Wisdom. Uh, we do it together. Um, through Breaking Convention, which is a biannual psychedelic science and culture conference that happens in London. Um, and so I guess David and I met like maybe six years ago, I think it was six years ago. Um, and he got in touch, uh, he was involved in, in the committee as well, as we're all kind of volunteers. Um, and he got in touch because at the time I was doing um, with my wife, uh, now wife, um, open meditation. So kind of non-religious meditation, uh, I don't really know what to call it, school organization in London. So we, we, um, we taught people how to meditate in a non-religious way, but kind of trying to as well um, reframe spirituality um, and encourage people to find their own spirituality. Mm -hmm. um, but we were just really focusing on the technique. Um, and I remember the first phone call with David was he was doing something called uh, Crazy Wisdom School. He was trying to do something which was gonna have quite a cool idea of having like a hub where people would all come, people in this whole kind of spiritual world would come and congregate and there'd be all kind of, you know, that happening. Um, and so he was interested in how we were framing open meditation, mm -hmm. kind of taking something that can be quite, um, kind of have a lot of spiritual language and kind of deconstructing it so it didn't. Mm -hmm. So that's how we originally met. And then that's actually how I met Stefana as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stefana Bose, who you obviously know very well as well. So, um, uh, so that's how we first connected. And then over the years, um, kind of got to know each other slowly over the years. And then <clears throat> David started a men's circle and I hadn't actually done men's work before. Mm. Um, and this is a few years ago. And I thought, oh, but something, I think like a lot of the people who, because <clears throat> this is now one of the main things we do at Rebel Wisdom mm. is men's work, I should explain. And I think it's also one of the, I've, I probably had the same draw towards the men's work as a lot of men have who are coming to our retreats, which is just, I don't, I didn't quite know why, but I thought, yeah, that guy, I think I'd really like to sit in a circle of men and, and explore myself. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and that was a really beautiful journey. We, we did that for a couple of years and then it formed into, well, let's do some stuff externally and let's kind of hold some space. And we have Rafia Morgan, who's our mentor and has been doing this work for um, uh, about 40 years. Not just men's work, but just is an incredible facilitator. And we're really lucky to have him, you know, he gave us a kind of format for the men's circles and then kind of mentored us in, you know, how we, how we would deliver this. Mm. Um, because that was quite new to me as well. You know, I had quite a lot of experience teaching people how to meditate, so teaching groups but it's quite different to mm -hmm. a group where we're doing more active kind of work and sharings, et cetera. Um, and then I did, or I'm about to finish the counselor training course that uh, Rafia and Turia, his mm -hmm. um, uh, working partner, uh, do. So that was a whole journey. I went on with that. And Rebel Wisdom sort of began, uh, it's hard to say, like, because we have two main areas of, of the organization and one new one. It's quite hard to say you know, as a brand kind of where it started, but mm -hmm. um, David and I came up with the name uh, 
that's a whole st- another story. <laughs> we came up with the name, uh, and in a quite a kind of like flow state, I would say. Mm. And we um, and that was for the men's work though. Like okay. the, the, part of what led us to that was going, uh, trying to figure out like what is it? What is it? Are we gonna have workshops for everyone? And then we just kind of came down to like oh, it's men's work, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, th- then the kind of name emerged from mm-hmm. that and then we started doing um, some stuff and then what happened is that David was really um, kind of into Jordan Peterson and I became very interested in so Jordan what Peterson. what year is this now then? This is um, now about a year and a half ago so not last okay. year, the year before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all quite recent really because this whole kind of internet phenomena has yeah. really been fast mm-hmm. so david really caught on to the fact that jordan peterson was going to be quite but big you'd already run workshops and retreats by this point yes or? we we had not done our weekend one but we'd done some stuff at actually we didn't want to stretch where mm-hmm. you've just come from doing yoga yeah. um and yeah we had and i think it possibly at togetherness which mm-hmm. adam Taffler run i think we'd yeah. done it that Yes, yes, I'm almost certain we had actually, because um, we already had the logo and everything. Okay. When so and then David went out to see Jordan Peterson, and um, just to see one of his Bible lectures, and mm. I thought, well, I'm a journalist, I'll, yeah. I'll ask him for an interview, and it's great because I don't, I think two months later he would have been too busy, mm. Peterson, and so mm. David went and interviewed him. He got a camera person out there in Toronto, did a great interview with him, and that became a big hit. And then suddenly, and then Glitch in the Matrix, which was the follow-up documentary, that, that mm-hmm. came out. It was really in response to the Jordan Peterson, Kathy Newman kind of cultural moment. So, so David came to you and said, I've, I've done this interview, like, shall we release it under the Rebel Wisdom brand then? Because at that point, Rebel Wisdom wasn't really a, you know, a media yeah, channel, was it? Yeah, did, it wasn't. Did, did, did you had, plan for it to be already? Well, it, no, not really. It was more like we had a YouTube channel, but what had gone... We'd had one film that had done really well on Facebook, okay. bizarrely, which was around the Nordic men's gathering. Mm-hmm. So it was about men's work. Right. And so David made a film around, just kind of like a, I don't know, it was like a five minute mm-hmm. kind of here's what happened at the Nordic men's gathering. But I think because men's work is quite culturally, you know, alive, mm-hmm. that had been kind of a runaway like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So there was something in the air around, you know, having, there was a YouTube channel already. There wasn't sure. really much okay. on it. Yeah. So... Yeah, and then it kind of transpired from that, and then mm. became what it is now. Yeah. Where we so are, very, yeah. very organically moved in that. Very, that, everything that has been direction there. everything has been very organic mm. so far. Yeah, and we 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 do our best, I think, to figure out what is flowing where, yeah. and how might we ride that wave. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we're not the wave. We're yeah. just, you know, and that I think that's a big part of. The job of a curator of a conversation, which is kind of how I see us, mm-hmm. at least in the in the media side um, or in the event side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. Where do, where is the, for want of a better word, the kind of collective unconscious or the field or or have whatever you want to call it, the kind of what artists tap into. You mm-hmm. know, where is that? What's moving? What what needs to be or what could be explained mm-hmm. from it? And what what insights could be gleaned from it? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of how we measure how we're doing. Is do we feel aligned with Mm-hmm. That wave, that infinitely mysterious way that culture moves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started a little bit later than I expected in terms of just the sort of the years leading sure. up to River yeah, Wisdom. Yeah, yeah. So just remind me, uh, you, you studied and what, yeah, what was your formal training in? 
Yeah. So my background mm -hmm. is is actually kind of weird because I mean at university I studied English literature. Okay. And for a long time I was writing. I wrote a I self-published a novel actually around a fictional novel around psychedelics when I was just out of university. Mm -hmm. And then realized it's a lot harder to become a novelist. The kind of novelist mm. I wanted to be than just that. I, was, okay. I realized oh I'm going to have to write more, I'm going to have to get better, I'm going to the whole thing. So I spent my 20s, um, well, I spent my 20s training as a meditation teacher first, mm -hmm. did that, yeah. um, and have a, you know, had a uh, practice. My, day, my meditation practice has been a very big part of my life since mm -hmm. I was about 19. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, so then teaching meditation and at the same time writing. And while doing that, I was also working in marketing agencies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> course, yeah. Yeah. So it was a strange kind of double life I was leading. There was one point at which we had um, a meditation studio mm -hmm. in Aldgate, which was like a live-work unit. Mm -hmm. And uh, my partner, Ashi, and I were both working part-time and teaching. Mm -hmm. So it was like a weirdly frantic. Mm -hmm. It was never frantic in the space. So you're, you're working for uh, an advertising agency, a marketing agency. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and different worlds, yeah. completely different worlds. It was really, yeah, it was. But it's interesting that you, um, but uh, world of marketing, advertising, all to do with with, with narrative and, and, yeah. and belief, as far as as is my crude understanding at least, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So in some, in, in some, presumably there have been things that you've learned there and that you, that have been useful now in in, in sort yeah. of diving back into this 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 world of or this crisis sort of of meaning and narrative. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to put it. I hadn't thought of that in those terms, but yes, I think so. That's very much what you're trying to tap into in when marketing something mm. is what what is going on in the culture and how do you create narrative and how do you explain things. I think that skill um, is something that. You know, I, I really had a lot of issues working in advertising and marketing. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like I didn't like the industry, but it paid well, and you know, it was a real it was a real source of a lot of inner turmoil for me mm -hmm. at times. Uh, but now I'm glad of it in the sense that I can use some of what I learned for something I care about mm -hmm. and has more of a positive impact on the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, so we've. Uh, you took us up to the point in which Rebel Wisdom got going then, and it's, and it's been a year and a half since then. Yeah. And so can you give us an idea of, of what Rebel Wisdom is, is now and the, and the different areas of activity of the organization? Yeah, so Rebel Wisdom is a media platform in one part. Um, so we have a YouTube channel mm -hmm. um, with at the moment like 63,000 subscribers or so. Um, and we interview, simplest way to say is we interview rebellious thinkers. Mm -hmm. Um, but we are following the thread of a cultural wave, let's say. So the overall mission is we're experiencing, and I think many people would probably resonate with this, I think, I think we are all experiencing a crisis in how we make sense of the world and how we find meaning. And that, that we call that the kind of meta-crisis. You know, it affects our institutions, it affects how we find spiritual meaning, it affects so many different aspects. Whether it's the main cause of a lot of the turmoil we see in the world right now, I don't really know. But it's certainly a big thing. And for me personally, it's a major uh, factor um, in, in, in the kind of chaos we see. Um, so the purpose of interviewing these people and the kind of conversation we're trying to curate is how do we get out of that crisis? Mm -hmm. How do we start making, how do we find new ways to make sense of the world? Not an answer of 
here's a new meaning. Mm -hmm. it's, it's more about how do we have a conversation than what do we talk about. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's that kind of meta conversation, I think. And so we have also, you know, like part of that has also been engaging with what's called the culture wars mm. um, and, and really kind of wrestling with that because that is a, you know, that is the forefront of this, the, I suppose, the, the friction point. Mm -hmm. um, and doing our best to take a nuanced perspective around that, which mm -hmm. is difficult as well. You know, mm -hmm. I, I notice I have my own preconceived notions about things as well. And I've, part of my process has been taking a breath and being mindful and going, okay, just mm -hmm. taking a step back and taking a more integral perspective. I'm doing my best to do so, trying to have a more holistic view of things and taking, mm -hmm. not just taking both sides, but kind of trying to hold a container in which all the sides mm -hmm. are. And that lasts for a little bit and I get sucked into one and there's just a constant process of trying to get better at that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so that's the media channel but you, and you continue to do uh, events and retreats. Yes. So that's the media channel. And then we do, um, so I'll start with the retreats because they're kind of on the other side. Mm -hmm. um, the retreats is, our, our primary uh, retreat is a three-day retreat for men um, called the, the New Masculinity. And it's a kind of very deep process involving therapeutic techniques, involving a lot of embodied um, practices, um, you know, breathings, meditations, and it's, it's kind of based on the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. So we map it out on the hero's journey. Um, and that has been, um, that is, I suppose, for me, the heart of Rebel Wisdom, okay, and the media is the head. You know, both okay, equally right, important, okay, yeah. mm -hmm. but it's yeah. they're different. You know, yeah. it's very it's not an intellectual space. Sure, the retreat space. We don't. No, there are no sort of discussion sessions we don't at all, or anything like that. Right, no, cool. and we. But, uh, but yeah. are you finding that some, all of, what proportion of people are familiar mm. with your media content that come on those retreats? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, before, but we had some articles in the Guardian, and the BBC, and last retreat was the first one where it was people who weren't necessarily familiar with the media content. We were a little okay. bit nervous. I was, you know, I was like, oh God, maybe it just doesn't land with these people. Who knows? You know, it's always this kind of thing. But it, it did very well. And that was the first time. So just to clarify, these mm. are people who found out about it through the Guardian article. Yes, exactly. Through simply the, the, the world of men's work and were not familiar with the, yeah. the media. So, okay, yeah. yeah, most of them had actually read the article or heard about the okay, article right. um, and then kind of come across us mm -hmm. um, or a very large chunk. Whereas, to mm. answer... Um, yeah, your question, which I think is a really interesting one. The majority of people who've been on it have come through the YouTube channel okay, before. Yeah. Like there was one time where I think we had, say, 26 guys mm -hmm. and we asked and like 24 of them raised their hands. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. who's come through the, you know, so that's, yeah. that was um, interesting. There's still a big chunk, I would mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and finally, the events, mm. which is you're starting to sort of ramp these up, I, I sense. Yeah. yeah. So we've started with... Um, evening talks in London, but we do them a little bit differently where we, we have a speaker come and then we introduce them. I do a meditation at the beginning, just get everyone to, a, and some, some uh, unified breathing to get into some state of unity or flow and just relax after a busy London day. Uh, and then the speaker speaks. Um, and then we have a break. It's a very specific structure. And then okay. we break the group, uh, the attendees, the people at the talk, into small groups of mm -hmm. say around eight people. And we do what's called an inquiry, which is something we use a lot on our retreats and mm -hmm. something that Rafia has, has taught us as well. Um, and that's a kind of talking meditation. Mm -hmm. So we get people to inquire into a topic. Like when we did, the we did the masculinity one a few weeks ago, and the question was, what does it mean to, like, for, it was men and women mix. So it was, mm -hmm. if you were a man, the question you were inquiring into was, 
um, what does it mean to me to be a good man? You mm-hmm. know, what what is that? And the whole thing of inquiry is that we get into a space where we don't necessarily know the answer. Yeah. It's not a story. It's a kind of mm. it's a quest in a sense. Mm. You know, it's like a scientific inquiry mm. into your emotions and your body state as you look at this question. And for the women, it was. Um, it was just framed slightly differently, but it's like, what am I looking for from a man? Like, okay. what makes you know, like, yeah. what is a good man to me effectively as well, mm. like from the outside? And then we, mm. we flipped it around. So, um, yeah, that and that I really enjoy. I really enjoy that, um, creating that space and people really resonate mm. with it. So then the next thing we're doing is called the Rebel Wisdom Summit, right. which is in on May 12th. And that's about 150 people. Mm-hmm. And we have... Some great speakers. We have like Brett Weinstein, Heather Hying, who are both biologists and kind of in the intellectual dark web, mm-hmm. which people can look up. Um, and then Ian McGilchrist, who's an incredible psychiatrist who wrote The Master and His Emissary, yeah. very much left brain, right brain. Um, and then Jordan Greenhall, who um, is a brilliant, I suppose, a best described as a futurist, maybe. Mm-hmm. He's an incredibly clever man. <laughs> and a great I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah, likewise. And a very embodied man as well. So, mm. really fantastic group of people. Um, and again, in the summit, it's very much trying to create a not find an answer, but explore how do we have conversations about difficult topics. Mm-hmm. So, again, we'll be breaking off into small groups um, and coming back and kind of. It's a, it's a space of inquiry, yeah. the summit, rather than necessarily we're going to come out with five action points about how to you know, um, fix this or fix that. That may well happen, mm. which would be great as well, but it's not the... And I've, I've sensed uh, that you and David are quite excited about the summit and that perhaps mm. that's a, a direction that you would quite like to, to move things. Yeah. More, you know, more participation and more of this inquiry. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I would love for the summit to be, yes, that's very much a focus is how, you know, this is the first summit. We'll, we'll learn from it. I think it's going to be brilliant. Mm. I think we'll also learn stuff from it. And then taking that format and doing more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I would love someone else potentially at some point to take that same format mm-hmm. and do it somewhere else. Right. It's, I, I see it in some ways as like town hall meeting 2.0, mm-hmm. you know, with facilitation mm-hmm. and really acknowledging um, that when we talk about, say, a political or cultural issue, we have to realize all the barriers and everything is on our side. We take yeah. responsibility for it because I know my political beliefs are heavily influenced by my temperament mm. and they change mm. <laughs> based on my temperament as well. But my, my core temperament is, um, yeah, is one where I, yeah, I can map back from my kind of my capacity to be rigid and have very high morals and mm. a very strong sense of what's right and wrong makes me a little bit more right of center than a lot of my friends mm-hmm. and it's because of it that my own psychological makeup came first mm-hmm. um not the ideas you know and i think that there's quite a lot of evidence kind of looking at that mm-hmm. um there's an incredible study recently around the disgust um how people experience disgust mm, okay. and it maps very closely onto whether you're left-leaning or right-leaning <laughs> you know so there's a lot of um yeah there's a lot of that that's just one element of it but there's something in the fact of us all realizing that the human to human connection mm. is much more real than mm. the ideas connection. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the kind of thing I would, I would really like to s- spread or so, that it spreads itself. I imagine you're familiar with Indra Adnan yes. and the, yeah. alter- the alternative and that they've been doing some similar like, yes. kind of town hall style gatherings, yeah. I think mostly down in the Southwest right now. Yeah. Um, uh, and it, I have a good, I have a good feeling about these things. Mm. Um, it, it seems we've too many of us have, have, have lost like, the art of conversation, yes. especially with people with, yeah. um, you know, 
that we, we don't necessarily agree with. And I think that, um, like like many things, in the end, there's not really any alternative but to just do it again. <laughs> it's like yes, you're yeah. trying to come up with all kinds of like clever solutions, yeah. but or you could just actually just get in a room with people and just yeah. and, and you know, figure it out once more. And, Completely, um, yeah. And you might even, and you know people might even find they enjoy it. I suppose. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I'm yeah, I'm super excited about the events, the summits, and really curious for for the workshops. Yeah. Um, so I want to um, uh, really acknowledge those, um, um, but then also go into more mm-hmm. of the kind of the the, the ideas side of things, mm. um, some of the ideas and the featuring on the media channel. So um, yeah, I thought I could start just by asking you which thinkers and what ideas uh, are, are you most excited about right now. Mm. Yeah, it's always a tough question. It's good though. Um, and, and why, of course. And why, yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, because it's quite fresh, John Verveke, who mm-hmm. I know you've, you've been following yeah, as well. Yeah, I saw the episode this morning. Yeah. yeah. So John Verveke is a um, fascinating thinker. And he's basically, if anyone hasn't come across him, he is a professor, a cognitive scientist in the University of Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I think he's in the psychology department. Mm-hmm. He is, in fact, in the same department as Jordan Peterson oddly. Um, and he has been releasing a series on YouTube called um, Awakening from the Meaning Crisis. Yes. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Uh, I think he's releasing 50 episodes. So and he's on episode what? Like, like, yeah. It's dense stuff. Yeah. It's you, on have to really pay, you have to really pay attention. It yeah. is dense. It is dense. But it's really like, it's really, um, you know what I describe it to someone? It's like the intellectual dark web meets Terence McKenna. Uh-huh. You know, because yeah. he talks about the origins I think of... You, I think you introduced me to this guy, actually. You, yes, yes, yeah, message. we said, yeah, yeah. Uh, so on you're that, like, on, mentioning that, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll check yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because I, uh, <laughs> I just knew you'd love it, actually. So I and yeah, because he's, he's looking at like our prehistory and looking at um, the role that what he calls psychotechnologies have played mm, in our development. Great word. It's great, isn't it? That's <laughs> completely like new part of my vocabulary. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, literacy, you know, literacy is a psychotechnology mm. he talks about. So is mm. mindfulness. Interestingly, psychedelics, he said uh, in part two, which is the interview I did with him, mm. um, he said they're not a psychotechnology. I was like, mm. ah, he said, what you do with them uh-huh. in conjunction is the psychotechnology. So mm. like in, in psychedelic therapy, we know that mm. it's the therapy. The psychedelics are an enhancer. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think much more than that as well. But on one level, mm. they enhance and they open up. And then it's the like the shamanism that you do mm-hmm. with the psychedelic is the technology in his yeah. mind. So I thought that was very interesting. Was Stan, I think it was Stan Groff that, that called them non-specific amplifiers. That's the word. Yeah. Yes, I'm that's very, the word. I'm yeah. very fond of yeah, this yeah, frame. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so John Verbanke. Yeah. Any, anyone else that's, that's, you know, that's called yes. you recently? I mean, Jordan Greenhall, who I've yeah. mentioned, who's coming to the summit, is yeah. a brilliant, uh, brilliant at mapping out and... Uh, I would say predicting, but like I, I would say like he, what he's particularly great at is looking at the entire cultural framework, the kind of deep code, as he would describe mm. it, of culture mm-hmm. and what's happening. And you know, he looks at he looks everywhere. He looks at like what's happening on 4chan. He looks mm. at what's happening in <laughs> systems, you know. And he's a great system thinker, mm. you know, and and also very embodied. Yeah. Which I think, which was, uh, you know, which is, you don't always get together. 
I think we, ha- we hear this word uh, mm. with increasing frequency, and I sense that it means different things to different people. Yes, so can you go a little bit, well, when you say Jordan Green, who is very embodied, what, and, yes. and, and, you know, and it sounds quite complimentary, like what, what are you referring to there? Yeah. Maybe you can, I mean, and, oh, is it even possible to, to yeah, yeah. How, how far can you communicate that I, with I think words? it's a really good point, actually. <laughs> I think people do, and I'm probably using it differently to a lot of people would use it, but for me, the very ba- basic simple thing is that someone is in touch with and connected to their body mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than mm-hmm. simply a mental construct. Yeah. Um, so, and, but what happens when we're connected to our body is you know, we know that the brain is all the way through the body. It's mm-hmm. not just the brain sits in your head and everything else mm-hmm. is an automaton. It, it, the, ner- it's, the, the nervous system goes th- all through you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we are connected to our bodies, we're more closely connected to a deeper knowing mm-hmm. in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you know, for example, I can follow if there's a slight tension in my solar plexus, if I really tune into that and follow it, yeah. it will lead me somewhere. It lead me to some kind of truth about myself. Mm. Okay. You know, that's what inquiry is really. It's, mm. oh, I notice as I say that I'm feeling this tension here and I might follow it yeah. and go, oh, wow, God, that really reminds me of my mother or father yeah. or my, this relationship I had and, you know, yeah. and so the there's, at least, kind of so there's at least two parts. There's the noticing and yes. then there's the taking it seriously yes. rather than just, oh, I've got weird pain in my stomach. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, but where was I? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to describe mm. it. It's, it's, it's mm. really honoring and going, oh, there's a language and an intelligence mm. to my body. Mm. And I think the more we do it, the more we realize, oh, wow, there's, there's a really deep intelligence to my body. Mm. And so on one level, I think embodied is, is that. And then the other level, it is being able to get into a liminal space we call it like Mm. a space that is between knowing and not knowing and very open to possibility Mm. um and with it with a looser attachment on things Mm. and i think it's very hard to get into that space without coming into the body Mm. because you have to be present Mm. and the way to become present the easiest way to become present if not the only way is to connect to your body Mm. because it's always here right now so Mm. yeah Mm. thank you Mm. um okay i'll give you a uh, a couple more thinkers then that, mm-hmm. have, that have popped up in, in our recent yeah. conversations. The great Hansi Freinacht. Mm, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so this conversation actually came about uh, after you produced a downfall spoof yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of, of Hansi. Um, so Hansi Freinacht is the, the, the fictional author uh, of The Listening Society, mm. um, published by Meta Moderna, his Metamodern Think Tank. Mm-hmm. Um, hugely influential on, on me and others mm. in in our kind of at least in this kind of London community, yes, especially yeah. I think. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful to, to Hansi and, and, and Daniel and Emil, yeah. who are the, um, the authors uh, behind Hansi. Um, uh, yet uh, <laughs> uh, there, you know, certain uh, critiques might be uh, leveled at, at Hansi and mm. I thought you did this uh, rather expertly in the form of, <laughs> of this video meme. So can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, so, so there's, I think there's a respectful but like contentious relationship that I have um, and I know David has as well with, with Hansi. Um, I've read most of The Listening Society. I'm going to be honest, I have not finished it, but I intend to. And I do, especially in the second half of it, respect um, the vision and the understanding of developmental models that Hansi's laying out. So I think it is a valuable contribution. I want to say that up front. Um, I think Hansi as a persona, and I know this is probably intentional, is um, very, uh, <laughs> let's say, let's, let me, activates me quite yeah, a bit sure. because it's quite um, in your face, mm. um, 
bolshy, I would say arrogant, mm -hmm. you know, um, confrontational. Yeah. So he wrote a particularly, um, uh, yeah, he wrote a particularly bombastic Facebook post, mm. which was kind of, in my mind, missing the mark because it was accusing anyone who didn't agree with the kind of metamodern project mm -hmm. as being, I mean, he used phrases like meta-Nazi, which I don't even <laughs> know what that means. Yeah. And then, and there was a kind of raving quality to it. This, was, it, this was said, you know, but actually this, it might take five, 10, 15 years for yes. people to really like, you know, understand, understand what we're saying. What we're saying. Yeah. I think that was what the starting point, was Yes, yeah. yes, that was, that was uh, a big thing of it. And so the, um, and I thought when I read it, I was like, I just thought of the downfall thing and just popped into my head, which is, of course, the, the scene from the downfall that people subtitle with, with Hitler um, going nuts in the bunker because everything's gone wrong. And it's a scene, and it's a scene of denial. Yes, yeah. yes, a scene of denial as well. So um, I put, I went and did a caption generator and kind of did a spoof of it. And, and another part of it, A, it was really fun. You know, I just, it, used to, it was just really fun to do. I was just enjoying myself. And then B, I also thought, well, because of metamodernism's um, focus on irony, mm -hmm. like since holding things sincerely, but also having irony, which I don't really disagree with. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a product of my time as well. I said, like, I grew up in a postmodern ironic world as well. So I, mm -hmm. I really, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Um, but it works two ways. Mm. So I thought, well, the funniest way to, to critique this is through yeah. a meme, yeah. you know? Yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought it was brilliant. And um, I, as, as I expressed on the Alter Ego Facebook group, mm. to, to reference another a community, another organization there, um, I, would, uh, I would love for Daniel and Emil to do more interviews and, and yeah. actually to write more, to just to publish more work as themselves. As, 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 yes. as well as Hansi. I think Hansi can be uh, in, useful at times. Mm. Um, but in the spirit of both and, you know, I think there's... Um, I'm, and I'm curious, I'm actually due to interview mm. Daniel at some point soon, as, as Daniel, I understand. Ah, great. So, okay, yeah, um, so I, yeah I'm, uh, it seems like maybe that is starting to happen. Yeah. Um, and this is that just... Because, because they're, they're very, very different. You know, yes. <laughs> yeah, neither neither, different. neither Daniel nor me or anything like Hansi. And I think there's some potentially something very important to be yes, gained in, I in, think so. in, in, in just presenting themselves as themselves and yeah. with all the strengths that yeah. they actually have as human beings. And I agree. And I think what's been really interesting, and I don't have an answer to yet about this whole uh, disagreements that I've had with Hansi or with Daniel and Emil, however you want to say it, is... The, the nature of ad hominem, mm. you know, because because metamodernism shares a thing, a, a value that I share, which is the importance of a developmentally focused society that looks at the inside of the individual as well as their behavior and as well as the systems as well. For me, it's, it gets into a very interesting space because if that's the case, then we as individuals have to be in a place of vulnerability and openness with one another mm. and really right, honest right, about right. that. And that is part of the reason that I find the Hansi construct quite uh, uh, an issue if it's not also tempered by what you're talking about, by mm. them being like, hey, here's who I am as a person. Here's what I'm bringing mm. to it. You know, I mean, everything we're, mm. I was describing about the summit is very much based on that. So it's very close to my heart. And it's yeah. very much what happens in the retreat and... Um, yeah, like a retreat space is that, or in a psychedelic experience, like the real. That was actually yeah. uh, the the part of Hansi's original post. I think I was most triggered by it. the the line about um, what did he say? Like, like 
wishy-washy workshops or something yes. something yeah, about retreats or yeah, workshops yeah. icky and icky, work, <laughs> icky workshops, icky workshops. Yeah, yeah which i think you picked up in in the video i did well, i think that you? also yeah. triggered me a bit yeah um, yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah you know Hansi as a fictional character is never will never have the opportunity to participate in even either a psychedelic experience retreat or a yes. or a workshop. But maybe yeah. Daniel Ramil might as well. Exactly, yeah, so. precisely. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, so it was done. wrap that up by saying yeah. Daniel Ramil, if you're listening, thank you very much for all of your amazing work. And um, yeah, please yeah. keep going. I'm looking forward to the next <laughs> book. Um, so uh, uh, a note on an, another thinker that's that's featured heavily in your work, the great Jordan Peterson. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so he'd recently been in the news again for having been offered uh, <laughs> this fellowship to Cambridge, which was then rescinded. Like a day later or something, yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, just where, mm. where, where are you at with that? Where is he featuring in your thinking? Are you expecting to like interview him again mm. at some point? Do you think he... Uh, is still playing an important role, you know, like, mm. is he still on the crest of this cultural wave that you mentioned? Mm. Or are you seeing other thinkers that are kind of, uh, you know, maybe yeah. further along in, in that regard? It's an interesting one. I mean, he, I think, yes, I think he does remain on, on the crest of it. Uh, I think his schedule and what he's been doing with his time uh, makes it, like, he hasn't put out a lot of new content. That was really the thing that, for me personally, got me very excited, you know, mm. the Bible lectures mm-hmm. and the kind of Maps of Meaning lectures and this kind of synthesis of um, the mythic with psychological. That's yeah. what I was always interested in. The political side, yes, a little bit interested in, but less interested in mm-hmm. than, than that. I think he has been dragged into that more and more mm-hmm. um, uh, from what I can see. Uh, and I, it's really a shame about the Cambridge thing you mentioned because what he was going to do there was take a couple of months and do more Bible lectures. Right. And I was like, great, that's so interesting. Yeah. That'll, I'd love to see that. Also, he mentioned, for example, before he really blew up and became massive, he mentioned doing, br- briefly in one of the Bible lectures, I think, he mentioned doing a series on the Tao Te Ching, mm-hmm. which has been huge. Like the Taoism is... My favorite book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's probably the most influential philosophy on my life. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, things like that, mm-hmm. where I think... Uh, he he really shines. Mm. They've kind of taken the back seat to. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I understand why. I you know he's got he's got a talent management agency. He's got a book. He's doing all these tours. But mm. what I would be interested what, in is you tell me more. You understand why? I, I'm not sure I understand. Like what, like he presumably he's. He, I mean he's mm. he's consciously directing his time into yes. doing these tours rather than doing doing, a, doing a kind of deep inquiries yeah. of Tao Te Ching. So like um, well what, that's what, a good what's, point. What's going on there? I actually don't understand why because I don't know him. You know, but mm-hmm. um, what I do understand is that the pressures of having a, a management agency like CAA mm-hmm. um, going, you've got a book out. Mm. We're filling the stadiums. Mm. Why stop? Mm-hmm. Um, why he doesn't stop? I don't know. Mm. I don't know that. <laughs> you know, because I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know his psychology well enough. I think he wants to reach as many people as possible. Yeah. But I do think that the message starts to get more and more stale. Mm-hmm. The more right. you do that, um, I saw him speak in London, and it was yeah, it was good. It wasn't. It didn't. Um, blow me away. There were moments of it that did when he was really vulnerable and he was yeah. talking about his, his uh, experience with his daughter being ill and you know that really it was like mm. yeah really feeling feeling that. Yeah. yeah. It, I wonder whether uh, Rebel Wisdom 
Uh, and actually, the next thing I was going to come on to was challenges of rebel wisdom. So, uh, yeah, a good, maybe uh, a good link here. Um, whether rebel wisdom has experienced, or, or my experience at some point, something similar of mm. um, a, a a pressure to keep putting up videos, <laughs> to keep growing the subscriber count, mm. that like un, that, that it becomes slightly unavoidable to keep half an eye on like the number of subscribers ticking yeah. up over time and thinking what you know what's gonna yeah, what's yeah. gonna help increase those numbers. Uh, uh, Potentially at the the expense of uh, some, or just or you might say, at the very least, just taking some time out and taking a step back. Yes, um, and maybe going into like deeper inquiry on, on, yeah. on certain topics. So um, yeah, how, so how yeah, so how are you how are you doing with being part yeah. of the, of you know the kind of YouTube landscape now yeah, and, and yeah. the kind of lifestyle that comes with that? But I mean, I think like that's a really like to just answer your first question because that really like is resonant for me. It's, it's like that's always, there's, there's always a few pitfalls, I think. One is to get captured by your audience mm. so that you go, like we could put out a video that's like Jordan Peterson destroys whatever, right. you know, like those kind of very low resolution things and we could probably get like 100,000 views on it. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so there's that, you know, part of being on YouTube. And then the other thing is the, the, like YouTube is like kind of hungry, more content, you know, more film. We have slowed down now, mm-hmm. um, more, so we're releasing fewer films, so like one a week. We, used to, we There was a point we were releasing like two or three, yeah. you know, it's just like kind of a lot and, and possibly too much, I think. Mm. Um, and what, How much is, oh, when is it too much or what? I guess it's too much when it feels like the content is saturating the direction of the content. You know, if it's like mm. three interviews, it's like, okay, if we're talking about curating a conversation that seems to okay it has many heads and it's kind of you know which way is it moving but if there's like loads of videos then people also um well i guess it's two different models one is a model like a tv station it's like nah i don't want to watch that yeah. show i'm not into that kind of, i'm not into detective shows right. whatever i'm not into futurists i'm mm-hmm. not into psychologists mm-hmm. I, I like this the rupert sheldrake i like this you know yeah. and there of course that's always going to happen but i think also if it slows down a bit then it allows us as human beings to also get more of a space of like you're talking about mm. inquiry and resourcing ourselves and thinking where are things I mean, going i i've i've experienced rebel wisdom as a as a kind of fairly uh, as as a story if you like and mm. i think I, I sense that's more what you're keen to do of assuming but assuming that most of your viewers are watching every video and have and and rather mm. rather than putting loads of stuff out and then yes. you know maybe some people have watched one thing and some people have watched another thing. of course everyone people yeah. are busy, people are busy and will will pick and choose but um, i think you fairly often like refer back to various thinkers and ideas yeah. with an assumption that, that you're you're building something or head, or heading towards yeah. something yeah 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 um, so yeah any further reflections on on the challenges of of, of river wisdom What's, um well, I mean, it is challenging to just um, do a, you know, it's just, it's David and myself, mm. um, and David really leads on the media as well. David's the filmmaker as well. So David spends a lot of time editing stuff. Mm. So he often has a lot to edit, mm-hmm. and that's hard, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the events, that's also a big pressure. That's why I'm kind of leading on. And that's, you know, events are, I used to work in events agencies. It's another part of my background as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Um, Probably not as a team of two. No, (laughs) no. Luckily, I've brought in a team for this event because there's some things I know I'm not good at, like detail. (laughs) You need to be. So I have some brilliant producer, um, Dan Farrow, actually, who you might know. I don't know, but and then a lot of other great people. The venue's been really amazing at Mm. 93 feet east and Truman Brewery. So like, 
that's that's great because I'm I'm better at other things than how many chairs we need and you know all of that. Mm. So um, so there's there's a lot of pressures I think, and we do try and resource ourselves and try and um, by resource I mean like charge up our batteries so yeah. that we're not kind of overspent. I think my challenge is that I'm a bit of a workaholic, and I I can very easily overrun my own boundaries. Like I'm feeling quite tired now because we had a very busy week, for mm. example. Um, and then we're going to America on Monday. Okay. So um, for how long? For ten days. Okay. Yeah. And, and what are, what are typical Rebel Wisdom work hours when you're in London? Uh, we do a regular kind of like ten to six. Yeah. 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 So um, although that's in here, in you know in the space okay, we're yeah. in, and there's obviously uh, stuff popping up on the phone, and occasionally mm -hmm. something that has to be dealt with. I I I think I certainly try to cut, like to disconnect when I'm at home as mm -hmm. much as possible. I have gotten better at that actually, yeah. to kind of have a firm boundary of like work and life. Yeah. There must be, I mean, you have to be keeping up with this cultural conversation as well. Yeah. So when are, you, when are you listening to podcasts? When are you watching mm. other people's stuff? Yeah, is that, on, is that on the many? train. On the train, <laughs> yeah, okay. literally. Yeah, and also uh, we got YouTube Premium, which I really highly recommend if anyone likes yeah. to listen to stuff. Like it's just so much better because you can close the window, you yes. can close your phone off and still listen to it. <laughs> So before then, I used to download stuff. Uh -huh. It's just silly, silly method. <laughs> download stuff, like rip YouTube videos, and then listen mm. to them as an MP3. YouTube Premium was has been way better. Yeah. So yeah, I just usually listen to, and I generally don't watch honestly because a lot of the stuff mm -hmm. I just doesn't need watching. Not me actually. Yeah. I, I almost always listen to or listen to Rebel Wisdom videos mm. whilst I'm cycling and so on. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of ironic given that <laughs> presumably doing it all via video is a significant yeah, extra yeah, overhead yeah. relative to simply doing audio. True. So yeah. What do you think you're gaining through the video? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's it's amazing to be able to see someone's face if you yeah. want to, as they, you know, if you want to, if you want to, yeah, you have that option, and yeah. also just seeing someone's body language, mm. and um, also what you can do with video is is have diagrams, and like with the Ken Wilber yeah. piece, we had a lot of um, animations, which we felt like that's like essential. We need mm. th those animations because Integral is very complex, especially yeah. to any someone who's never heard of it. You need to like boil it down very simply. Um, so a video allows for that as well. Um, and yeah, and the thing is with video, you always have audio as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, the vision for River Wisdom. Mm. Where, where, why are you doing this and where is this all going? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, this is something obviously we talk about a lot and I think is an ongoing, emergent... I mean, I think, yeah, I think we both see it as like an emergent... Um, conversation that we're mm. tracking, an emergent mm -hmm. phenomena. So in in one cop-out version of the answer is to just wherever it goes, you know? I think um, one aspect of it that I'm quite interested in are there's a couple. So one is that it comes into the real world with events like the summit yeah. and that we take the, um, one of the early slogans we have, we had was like, um, intellect in, in service of embodied wisdom, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do we take these ideas and live them? Mm -hmm. That's really the next thing we're like, one of the next things we're looking at as mm -hmm. well, to really interview people is, you know, one aspect of it is, is likely interviewing people around, okay, well, these incredible ideas, how does it change the price of milk? How do I, you know, mm -hmm. how do I bring this into my life and live it and practice? How, what practices can I use in order to, to get into the space where I'm more of an, I have more sovereignty, I'm more of an agent of change, I'm more 
I'm better individual. I'm more uh, there for my community. I'm, mm. you know, all, all of these things, like the real life nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. I think in the context, uh, I, you know, I, I would suggest, and I think you probably have a similar analysis of mm. uh, intersecting <laughs> crises. Mm. Yes, um, in, not least ecological. Yeah, um, and mm, I mean, how and how are you? How are you feeling or, or, or dealing with the, the, the notion of, of, of a world in crisis? Like, mm. do, do, you, do you see things getting increasingly like, chaotic and, and challenging? Maybe in a way that makes mm. your work increasingly difficult to do. Yeah, um, yeah where, where are you at with that? Mm. Yes, I do see a world uh, fraying at the edges somewhat. I'm not, I'm not naturally a pessimist, though. Mm. But I'm a realist, I think. Yeah, I do see that the, like, there is, um, it's, it's things fall apart. It's the kind of modernist, mm. like, it, the things are falling apart in, in many areas. Um, and, but I do also, and maybe this is, you know, this may be naive, I don't know, but I always see things first from the individual. I know the systems level is incredibly important. Like, for mm. example, solving climate change with individual actions, I don't think works. Mm. I think we've kind of tried that. Mm -hmm. It helps a bit, but I think it's systems change is, is kind of the thing there. Mm. But because of my skill set and because of my uh yeah just who i am the piece of the puzzle that i'm interested in is the individual mainly mm. um we and it's very interesting because we inter this is uh somewhere where i disagree with for example um the metamodern take on the individual mm. um we interviewed doshin the zen master mm -hmm. again <laughs> and, um and i asked him around okay why you know what is the deal with the individual is mm -hmm. it important and he said the individual is an, is a thing because it's the last monad that you can't divide anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have a room of five people, that's a unit, four of them leave. Mm -hmm. like it, one can leave at a time and it's still, a, it's still an entity. Mm. But when there's one person left, that monad can't divide itself anymore. So there is something to be taken seriously about the individual, mm -hmm. you know. So I, and I do, and I just instinctively do think that, that like transforming the individual or creating the tools because no individual can really transform another individual that mm. it's, it's an individual thing which I think is quite beautiful mm. but you can create the conditions and the tools for that to happen I don't think it's the only thing that needs to happen though mm. but I think it's the thing I'm best at so it's, a, it's the piece yeah. of the puzzle that I feel like I, I want to devote my time to and then to answer your question it's like that's I, I feel like some anxiety lifts if I'm just doing my best for mm. my particular piece. Mm. I think it's overwhelming for someone to try and solve all of the bits. I think part of mm -hmm. it, part of it is knowing who's good at what. Yeah. So to to, to reference um, one very uh, current crisis, mm. Brexit. Mm. Um, so we're, we're recording this from London. Um, uh, it's we're at the point which no one seems to have any idea what the the, the plan is now. Yeah. Um, like, uh, it's it. Brexit as an example of a, a kind of uh, contemporary or mainstream political crisis is, is I don't think is featured at all on the Rebel Wisdom yeah. channel. Um, and uh, well, maybe yeah. Why is that? And uh, I'm not saying it should have. But, yeah, yeah, sure. But yeah. what what is your relationship to kind of like current political affairs? Yeah. And, and do you think there's ever a point in which um, rebel wisdom could or could usefully like move in that direction, intervene in that area. Um, is it ever? Is rebel wisdom ever going to be a political party? <laughs> I don't know. I doubt it. But there is a real. I think we've made a conscious decision often not to get involved in the 
political because you get sucked in. It's mm. in the current climate, it's incredibly difficult to take a nuanced position around it. So, uh, you know, if we came in with, you know, we have tried a couple of times. Mm. We did with the Kavanaugh uh, right, yeah. thing. Uh, but that's also not our politics, that's the US politics. Mm. But we're talking it from more of a meta and from what the IDW thinkers were saying about it, just kind of analyze that. But it's really difficult. And that the reason is because we're trying to take the meta perspective in, in, a, in a sense, trying to look at the grant, the overall crisis and sense making and meaning making and, and everything, and try and look at things through that lens. Because mm. I think it's very easy to get sucked into, well, what side are you on mm. it's in politics? You know? And even if we say that's a nuanced middle, it's like, oh, bloody centrists, you know, mm. cop out kind of mm. thing. So it's a really tricky one. Well, I suppose I've been I'm sort of grappling with this as well. If it's, um, you know, clearly politics is, is broken. There's mm. you know, very, very few people in mainstream, in mainstream politics seem to be able to think and feel in this integral mm. way. Yeah. Um, if, uh, Rebel Wisdom and the Psychedelic yeah. Society and yeah, other yeah. movements are, are developing individuals with integral sensibilities and the yes. ability to, to communicate and solve ideas in new ways, at what point uh, will it happen? Or, do, or perhaps you might say, at what point do we have a responsibility yeah. to move a little bit more in that space before <laughs> things just no, fucking I, I know fall apart? Mean. Yeah, and that's like a question I ask myself as well. But... I like Buckminster Fuller's thing of don't use the, don't go into the old thing, yeah. build something new. Mm. And I think there and I think possibly David and I disagree on this point a bit because we've talked about it a couple of times. But for me, I'm I'm a kind of let the old collapse, build something radically new. Mm. You know, I have that kind of have a quite anarchist twenties mm. politically. You know. So how yeah. and so maybe what does that look like in the, in the context of, of of UK politics right now? Then like how how yeah. um, when you're talking about let things collapse, are, you, are we talking? We're talking sort of like you know sort of no, riots on the streets and then, and then then no we'll, no. Oh, I mean I mean the, is it kind of it's an acceleration? An acceleration. Well, yeah, of, um, I suppose it's, it's like uh, I suppose it's more like the modus operandi of like. You know, people, there's that trope of people get into politics being like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean up the swamp, I'm going to fix it, and then they get inevitably sucked in because the name, because it's like trying to play Monopoly and going, mm. well, I'm going to, oh, yeah, I'm not going to round the board this way, I'm going to go counterclockwise. Mm. It's like, well, no, you can't do that, that's not the rules of the game. Mm. And yes, there is flexibility in the game and in the system, but it's mm. a really tough one. It's really mm. tough, there's a lot of vested interest. So I don't really know the answer mm. to this. I certainly don't want to situate, I, I recognize that the current, you know, like you can't just, revolutions end up, often creating something worse than it was there before. So there needs to be some kind of clever, integral way of, I don't really know, you know, like creating something new that is similar enough to the old system but is built slightly mm. differently, which I think a lot of people are trying to do, which probably Indra is, is looking at as well mm. with alternative. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people in, in the kind of worlds we move in are looking at. Um, and Block, I think- Blockchain space blockchain, well, Yes, so. yeah, very much so. So, mm. um, and I don't think if anyone really had the answer, they would be, implementing it right now. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, I am at least philosophically of the mindset of um, create a better game. Yeah. And I uh, don't want, and then transition in such a way that there's the least amount of um, strife or, or pain caused. Yeah. Um, and I think that's gonna take everybody. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so coming um, back from the world of ideas mm. and maybe uh, a bit I mean, to a place of uh, more with the body and somewhere more grounded. Um, I'm curious, Ali, what, um, whether you have any personal practices, like daily practices, mm. 
it might be meditation, yoga, and so on that mm. that you seek to uh, to do on a sort of daily or, or weekly basis. What what keeps yeah. you sane as you're as you're, so, as you're yeah. doing this work? Um, I yeah, I have a daily meditation practice, and then I have a every other day I go to the gym in the morning. So it's like I've, I've over this is like morning gym is a more recent development, which I'm like quite like happy is working because mm. it's kind of a, a kind of uh, we have a friend who says um, win the morning, win the day. And it's like, yeah, cheesy, but yeah. true. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm so with that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I do my best not to do any work before midday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I do, I meditate. Um, so my practice of meditation is I do like 20 minutes just sazen, because Zen is just sitting, um, not focusing on the breath, just, just kind of being. A um, little bit of breath focus, but just, you know, sazen, normally you just sit and stare at a wall, mm-hmm. which I love it. It's incredibly, it's no frills. Mm-hmm. So I do that, and then... I do 10 minutes or roughly of um, Wim Hof breathing, so three rounds. Mm-hmm. I don't do the Wim Hof cold shower stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I probably should do. I just love the breathing. So mm-hmm. that's the, yeah, three rounds of, I, I guess, kind of um, light to well, medium breath work. And mm-hmm. that really wakes me up. Uh, yeah, makes me feel quite, it's, it's, I'd highly recommend it. It's super easy mm-hmm. and you can, anyone can look it up. Mm-hmm. And I think it, goes very well with meditation. I'm considering maybe starting with that and then going into the meditation, mm-hmm. but it really does, it does clear the mind and, and kind of bring you right into the body. Yeah. So um, I, ever experimenting. I've I found the, so I have a regular meditation practice. Mm. Um, I swim, uh, mm. I do yoga. Um, I'm, I study a tarot card a day right yeah. now. I'm all, I've got about sort of 10 left, I think, um, before I've completed the whole set of 78. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I've come to see having these kinds of regular practices, um, particularly meditation and some kind of practice involving the body, mm. um, not simply as a, uh, a kind of nice to have if I'm seeking to do this uh, or engage in this, uh, this emerging cultural mm. landscape, mm. but totally essential. Yeah. If I'm not... If I'm not uh, if I'm not keeping up those practices, I find it almost impossible to to listen to the podcast, yes. to watch the videos, yeah. to to reach out to people, to have these kinds mm. of conversations. I don't. Do you relate to that in, yeah, in any way? I do. I think it's really important to. I mean, Jordan Greenhall called it sovereignty, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really spot on. It's just to be able to, in such a chaotic, complex. Let's say complex rather than chaotic. Incredibly complex world we live in culturally, mm. socially, everything is complicated and seems to be increasing in complexity, mm. which I'm sure Terence McKenna would have a lot to say about actually thinking <laughs> about it. But it, faced with that complexity, I think some kind of inner groundedness is mm. really, really key without, because otherwise they, they run the risk of, if we become ungrounded, we get swept away with it and there's too much, um, there's too much information to process, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so sometimes people have this idea of, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I just need to figure it out and then I'll start then I'll start mm. meditating, mm. Uh, and, yeah. like, and I think, and I, well, my experience has been like, um, no, you, at least you, you don't have to do it that way around, and totally. it's quite possible that that is basically impossible. That, yes, that, yes. that actually, totally. uh, you're going to have to, or I had to accept at some point. Um, I, I don't know everything, and I, I'm not, you know, I haven't, I haven't watched all the things, I haven't read all the things mm. that, I, that I, I want to and feel, or kind of feel that I should have. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm going to take the time to to sit for half an hour and yeah. to and, and to, to go for a swim anyway, yeah. and then somehow in in 
in letting go, in, in, in releasing that, that like fear that you're not kind of, you know, mm. you, you haven't uh, uh, you know, read all the stuff you, you might want to read, actually it becomes easier to, 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 to do that. And, and maybe your discernment improves. Mm. What in, uh, yeah, I think, I, I guess this is an a kind of experience which I, uh, I, you know, I have on a fairly regular basis of, of, of in the swimming pool or yeah. kind of at the end of a meditation thinking, ah, okay, the person I do need to reach out to is this, or the next thing I do need to read is, is mm. that. And, with, and otherwise, I'm just kind of like fumbling yeah. around and like in, there's, a, there's an infinite or near infinite yeah. amount of content that we can consume on a, you know, on a daily yeah, basis completely. now. So to, so to have something which gives you this uh, strong sense of that, that's, that's what's important and that's, that's mm. where the, this story is going, is, I think it's useful, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, I think it's, we'll, we'll leave it there. But right. thank you so much for your thank time. You. I yeah, really, really enjoyed this. Me too, really enjoyed it. And all the best for the future with Rebel Wisdom and your, your, your personal pursuits. Yeah. yeah, and likewise, yeah.